0: Welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel.
1: And today we're going to talk about the three levels of show, don't tell. We have been talking about doing this episode for forever, (laughs) so we're finally here. (laughs) We're finally doing it. Um, So we are, there's a special reason why we're doing this episode today, um, and that is that we are teaching a workshop. We are teaching a three-day live workshop on Zoom starting on February 25th, 2024, if you're listening to this Mm -hmm. in the future. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be uh, two Sundays and a Saturday, and we are going to look, like, just dive really deep into the three levels of show Um, how to tell well. We're going to talk about all kinds of tools you can use, and it's going to be delicious, and we're going to tell you more about it at the end of um, the episode, but it is called Show Don't Tell Demystified, and the link is going to be in the show notes. Yeah. So
0: I know, but before we get into this content, (laughs) I just have to say, like, we will tell you more about the workshop, but There is a huge reason why it's called Show Don't Tell Demystified. And it's because this is so, this was so confusing to me, to us, I think to everybody. Yeah. Like, what is Show Don't Tell? And how do you do it? And what does it mean? And if someone tells you, oh, you should show this, not tell it, or oh, you're telling here, like that used to make me so frustrated because there were thousands of different, I just was like, what do you mean? And it all
1: seems contradictory. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's so unclear.
0: Yeah, um, so when we learned it and dived into it and developed these skills ourselves, Emily and I were like, this does not need to be complicated, and why is yeah. it so confusing? Like, why can nobody get the explanation of this right? <laughs> <laughs> like, But but like nailing the technique is like yeah. what takes uh, an okay book to like an amazing book that you can't put down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Show is the secret important.
0: sauce.
1: Yeah. Super mm-hmm. important. Show is like the secret sauce to all the books you've ever read that just like sucked you in and you like couldn't yeah. put it down. Like, that's because you were immersed in the story. That's really what Show Don't Tell is saying is like, immerse your readers. Don't just like, you know, spew a story at them and just like tell them what happened like you want to immerse them in it so they can experience it that's another word that I think is really good but that's the thing Mm -hmm. is all the words to describe a show are like these vague (laughs) like so they can experience, experience it them, and feel them, it <laughs> dip them in the pool of your story. Hook them. It's like Hook all these things them. and it's like, okay, but how do I actually do that? And we're going to yeah. touch on that today in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. But the workshop is really going to steep you in all the different tools you can use to approach this. Cause there, that's the other thing is there's like, there are an, an infinite number of ways that you can show on the page and like immerse your readers in your story. And that's why it can be so confusing is because people will spew at you like some of the different tools and you're like, yes. wait a second, but this is what someone else said to do. And this is, you know, and the advice can be really conflicting. And, but what our goal is going to be for this workshop and to start to do in this podcast is help you understand like exactly what are we talking about? Um, And the best way we found to teach that is by teaching the three levels of show. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: this is Wanna where like- down? Yeah, because this is where I think once you understand what this tool is for and you start to – like we call them levels because it really is like, okay, step one, step two, step three. How do we get deeper within?
1: How do we immerse further? How do we
0: immerse further, deeper into the story is by these different levels. And um, a, the the advice that we see out there maybe covers like one. And then you're yeah. you're left with, OK, but I feel like it's still missing something. So we've we've really found that these three layers, these three levels are a great way to approach and to learn how the tool functions, how the technique functions, so that then when you get to your pros, when you get to drafting, you can work on um, incorporating the layers. You can work on deepening your prose mm. through these different layers. It's a process. I mean, I'm going to say yeah. this at the top. This is not something I do in a first draft because Mm-mm. my brain doesn't work like that. So I usually do like the, let me do the telliest of tells <laughs> in my first pass on a scene. But then I know, okay, I need to bring in a little bit more depth. Let's add a little bit more layers. Let's go deeper into these levels and bring out the show. Um, so let's go through them. I'm going to say the three, how about? And then we can tackle the first one, one at a time. Let's do it. Okay, three layers. Layer one is showing the action in a scene. Layer two is showing what things mean to characters. And layer three is showing emotions without simply stating them. Yeah. So all of this is, is going towards putting your readers in the story. Like that is the goal. Um, Having your reader experience the story as if they are a character. So we do that through showing action, showing meaning and showing emotions. Let's dive into showing action. Cool.
1: So instead of this is like, this is the most basic form of showing Mm -hmm. where you're taking like something that could be told and just like you know i went to the store today and there was a, there was an accident right like yeah. <laughs> we're telling the a story to like our partner right um of like what just happened to us but when we are showing a story in narration form we're trying to put the reader into what is happening right so we want to place them in the action we want to show them what characters are saying how they're moving what's happening around them how they're taking up space we want to show how characters are responding to what's happening around them in real time and so i think the real time is the most useful piece of this um to help us go from telling to real time like rather than saying oh earlier like i went to the store and there was an accident right we are living the accident with me right mm-hmm. um that's that's what make something a a narrative story. So for example, we'll go back to the example I've said like three times on my way to work, there was an accident. Instead of saying that you could write, as I turn onto the freeway, there are cars lined up like bricks in an impenetrable wall. I look left and right, but not a single car is moving in the distance. I can hear sirens, right? Mm -hmm. So we're, we are in what's happening. We can see the details of what's happening around us. We're like on the freeway. We're looking left and right. Um, no cars are moving. You're, we're hearing something. So we're getting a little sense of like the senses, right? Hearing, seeing, touching, um, all of that. That's what we're talking about when we're saying showing in action. Okay. So how do we do this? Um, so I
0: I love our recommendations, so I'm going to say that and then I'm going to give you like my pants view
1: and maybe Ooh. Emily,
0: you could tell us how do you do this? Do you do this mm. the same way or do you do it a little differently? Um, so a great way to get through that, like to purchase it through an exercise to start to, sh- to get your head in the zone is to close your eyes and imagine the scene like playing out imagine it visualize it and instead of standing to the side like an observer with a movie camera watching it try to put yourself in that character's point of view in their body what do they see first what happens to them how do they respond what does it feel like in their body Um, i've seen advice in this category too to like rely on the five senses Um, Mm -hmm. and so i i tried that for a little bit but it can get clunky if you're doing all five all the time. So yeah. great assault there. Um, but as you start to walk us through, okay, what do they see? Well, they see all these cars in a line. Okay. And then what happens around them? Well, there's nobody's moving. Maybe you see some drivers that are like honking their horns really angry. <laughs> um, how do they respond? Oh, man. Like that's where you start to get into the emotions, which we're going to cover yeah. in, in the next um layer, but how do they respond? What are they feeling? Um, What are they hearing? All those questions and show us how those details unfold on the page. Um, This is a great way to go through this visualization exercise. Mm -hmm. Now, my take on this is that I cannot do this in a first pass. This is too much for me. I have no idea even what the accident is happening for. I've just made up this accident. So, like, it's difficult for me to then, as I'm drafting the very first time, like, do this exercise because it mm-hmm. it, it kind of stops me. Um, so, what I do is I just give myself permission to tell, okay, there's an accident. Okay, then what? And just get out, like, the the, the, the skeleton, basically. Mm-hmm. Get out the skeleton. But then I do multiple passes on one scene before I, like, move on.
1: So, mm-hmm. I'm not even
0: talking about multiple drafts. I'm tra- like, as in finished drafts of the story. Yeah. Like I'll do a pass to get all the, my ideas out and then I'll go back to the beginning and I might like take that sentence that I wrote on my way to work There's an accident and then be like, okay, I, I want to play with that. I'm going to delete that, rewrite it. And then mm-hmm. I'll ask myself this. So I only say this to be like, this is really hard for me to do in that moment. I yeah. have to- give myself space to think about it. I have to give myself space to write out the rest of what's happening and then go back on a second or a third pass to add in some of this stuff, to flesh this stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you ever feel yourself like getting stuck, do not worry about word choice. This is not a time to like nitpick your word choice. This is a time to like practice settling into this character's skin Mm-hmm. And practice what it feels like to switch the way that you write, to to level up this skill of let's show action versus yeah. tell action.
1: What about you? Yeah. You know, it's kind of similar. Um, because I think fundamentally, like if you're really focused on this in a draft you're writing at a line level and I think that that can can hold us up so I do think that show don't tell is a skill that often is is layered in regardless of how you do it um for me I do my bullet drafts mm-hmm. so some so I will often do this visualization and I'll kind of like put myself in the character skin and like see the the scene unfold and then I'll go and write it and um as I'm doing that. I, my first pass will just be in bullet form. And so some of the things I can see, right. And feel, Mm -hmm. and so I'll put those down and some of the things I can't yet. And I'll just kind of say, you know, there was an accident and just keep moving forward. And then as I go back through, I start to flesh it out as well. And this is something that even like, I just turned in my line edits last week. And this was a lot of what I was doing was making sure that like, at the very last pass of my book that all the emotion that I wanted on the page or like all of the visualization, I guess, um, that I wanted on the page was there. The senses, the, the descriptions, the setting, like all of the things that I wanted people to see, the movements that visually the story was where I wanted it to be at the showing action level. Um, And so there's you could do this at every stage of the, of the process, um, and so don't get bogged down in thinking that you need to have these three three layers right before you move forward exactly. on like any kind of draft. Yeah,
0: yeah, this is our like judo move to get around perfectionism because it's it's I want to say impossible, but maybe there's someone who could do it, but it's like <laughs> impossible to. Perfectly write every single word and to like be like, oh, I really want to show. So I'm going to agonize over every word that I choose at this stage when you're just yeah. trying to get it on the page. Like, don't put yourself through that. Yeah. Um, the, and I, the more that you learn this skill and the more you develop it, it gets easier to incorporate in your natural writing. But it's a technique, it's a skill. You've got to learn yeah. how to do it and overthinking it at the beginning doesn't do you any favors
1: yeah and this applies all of this advice applies to all three levels of showing just showing in yeah. general um yeah, yeah good good side tangent um, yes. cool
0: so what's the second layer showing what things mean so we have action action is important but then we want to ensure that this action comes from your character's point of view and is meaningful to them in some way. So what that means is as things unfold around them, how are they processing it? Why – what are they drawing from it? What's their, like, perspective lens on what's going on? Um, You know, what do they understand to be true or how do they feel, think about this scenario? Um, So for your example about – you know let's take let's go back to the show example that you gave us as i turned onto the freeway there were cars lined up like bricks in an impenetrable wall now we can add in like okay let's add in some meaning uh, yeah. my chest tightened as i looked left and right but not a single car was moving in the distance i could hear sirens i glanced at my car's clock and dread swept through me like a wave i was already pushing it now there was no chance i was going to make the meeting on time after missing the prep meeting last week, Nancy wouldn't forgive this one. It didn't matter that this accident wasn't my fault. It was probably about to get me fired anyway. <laughs> so we have the show of, okay, that we have described the scene of the accident on the freeway, but all of that, that extra is the meaning, is the putting us inside their head to that sweat, that like, oh no, I'm late. Yeah and it's giving us like a visceral reaction from this character so that we understand why this accident is a big deal and why this is like oh no it's not just that nobody likes sitting in an accident right nobody's (laughs) gonna be like yay traffic but maybe
1: (laughs) maybe someone <laughs> maybe if you really don't want to go to work I think that's an important thing though is like yeah this is where your individual character comes through right your individual character and like how they respond to certain situations but also their immediate situation right yeah. this person has a meeting they have to get to because they're you know about to get fired and clearly they're salty with saying with Nancy about it yeah right <laughs> whereas like Every other car on the freeway. Everybody else is responding in a very different way to being late for wherever they were headed. Right? Someone might be like, "Thank goodness, I'm going to miss this meeting with so and so because I like I was so nervous about it, and now I feel like totally free. Now I, I can, can listen to my audio audiobook and like right. just enjoy my morning. Right? And <laughs> whereas somebody else might be like really trying to get to like someone who's sick, and that's a totally different emotional reaction. And so this is where like you get specific to like okay, now we're in the action. We see what's happening we can we're experiencing it as it unfolds but how is it unfolding for this specific person and how do they feel about it like this is the this is the juicy layer in my opinion of showing
0: yes me too this is my favorite part I just love everything I've got six characters and they all have to have really big personalities <laughs> so this is like a really fun time for me to individualize them I love um, it. And when I say I have way more than just six characters, but I mean six point of view characters,
1: which is insanity. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Uh yeah. <laughs> okay, so how do we do
1: this? So, um let me make sure I'm in the right part of the notes. Okay, <laughs> so how do we do this? We are going to do the same thing or we can if we want to do a similar exercise to what we did for the first layer but now we're going to imagine it from our character's perspective right so close your eyes and imagine the scene playing out from your point of view character's body and mind How are they affected by what is happening? Like, how do they assume other characters are going to react to what is happening around them? What memories are being triggered? What are they feeling about what's happening? What are they assuming about what's happening? How do they feel about their assumptions, their memories, their thoughts? And how do those feelings manifest in their body, right? The way I feel... Anger is different from the way Rachel feels anger. It, you know, our emotions manifest in different places in our body based on our own individual experiences. And so, how is your character feeling emotions in their body? Um, How, what are they thinking? Um, How are their feelings coming out in the way that they're thinking about what's happening? Um, You want to kind of visualize and think through those things, whether it happens in your first draft or your last one. Um, But you want to show readers those those thoughts, feelings, and reactions so that they can feel them too. Because if you don't, your character's not, like I think sometimes we can assume that a reader's gonna make the jump from like, well, obviously someone would feel this way about X event. And that's not necessarily true because your reader also has memories and um, triggers and assumptions, right, that they're going to bring to the page. And so the clearer you can be about how your character is feeling and what they're thinking, the um, clearer that's going to translate to your reader and they're not going to make the wrong assumptions about what's going on.
0: Yeah. And I I would so encourage you to play with this from a very open perspective because I've seen when I have worked on this with clients before, I've seen um, some clients like worry that If they add too much, their character may seem unreasonable or like, um, you know, they. let's say in in your example, uh, there's no chance I was going to make the meeting on time after missing the prep last week. Nancy wouldn't forgive this one. It didn't matter. This is my fault. Like that's all very natural and you – I wouldn't want you to like pull back to think or have your character – pull back on your character's thoughts because Mm -hmm. you're like those are unreasonable or those are untrue or those are like – it doesn't matter don't like morally judge your character's thoughts in trying to do this (laughs) allow them to be wrong like you can let them be a little unreasonable because that's the point is that by putting it on the page the reader understands them so you don't have to always have them process what they're experiencing as like a very level-headed person now that's part of their character great But I often catch myself of like, I'm working through my character's thoughts, trying to find meaning to show. And then then all of a sudden I've like way pulled them back on their true reaction because maybe Mm. I disagree with the way that they would have reacted. That's what Mm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's like play out their reactions, like play out those thoughts, like let it come to you. What would they be thinking and feeling and try not to color it like with what, how you would judge them. Does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> yeah, that does
1: make sense. That does. I think another good tip for this is um, I'm an overwriter. Um, and so I think you can you can approach this from like an underwriting perspective where you underwrite your early drafts and then you layer this in. But you can also approach it from an overwriting um, approach where you just put everything down and you repeat yourself like you could repeat mm-hmm. like because we have repeating thoughts all the time about what we yeah. want, what we're feeling, what we're anxious about, you know. And so you can allow your character to do that and then pull back in later drafts when you're actually polishing it up for readers. But I find it really, for me, it's very helpful to just be really, really clear about what someone is feeling and thinking in a scene so that when I come back through in revisions, I'm clear on what I thought they were thinking and feeling because it changes, Mm -hmm. you know, through revisions. And so the more that I put down early on, the clearer I am when I come through revisions, if that's still true or if I want to tweak it. Um, And if I want to, then I can always trim it down. So that's kind of how I approach it.
0: Yeah, I agree. One of the things that I did in one of like my draft two or draft three of my current work in progress, um, when I went through it the second or third time, I was like, oh, I could really make this – I could really amp up this character's thoughts. Like, this is what I'm going about with, like, a reasonable. But Mm -hmm. I had to see how it progressed, like, through the rest of the book to then be informed of, like, no, she has space in these early scenes to be maybe a little more selfish. Mm. Cool. Okay, we can add that in because that gives me greater growth. So, like, I also think part of where you're trying to take this character is going to impact – what thoughts they're thinking. And for mm-hmm. me, I don't feel super tight on those things until I finish the draft and reread it a couple times. So that gives you freedom to go back to those those other scenes and tweak, tweak their yeah. thoughts, go deeper, go harder, pull back, um, depending on where you want to take their arc.
1: Cool. Cool. Last one. The last layer. Okay, so this is what I have found most people think of when they think of showdown. on towel. Um, and honestly, it's a very important piece of shirt on towel. But in my opinion, it's the least important. And it's also line level. So yes. everyone, you don't have to like this one is this is where people get hung up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this can be layered in later. So um, but it, it, it's important, but it doesn't have to happen immediately in your process. So the third layer is to show the show your characters emotions instead of stating them. So it's really basically like, instead of saying I got angry, it's saying I lurched to my feet, my hands shaking, right? Like you're showing us what anger looks like. Um, And this is to help your readers visualize your story as your character does, um, because you're showing the emotions that they're feelings so that we can feel them the way that they felt them that that's like a roundabout way of saying it but it's like because like I mentioned earlier we all experience emotions differently in our body we need to know how your character is experiencing them um so that we can feel them that specific way Mm -hmm. um and then the other flip side of that is like how your character is perceiving other people's body language right I can say oh Rachel is sad right now right but I'm that's me making an assumption, like as a character, I'm the point of view character, and Rachel's sad. Um, (laughs) but what does Rachel being sad look like? Right? Because maybe she's not sad, maybe she's angry, right? Or maybe she's, yeah, because um, I cry when I'm angry.
0: (laughs) I mean, I cry for every reason, but (laughs) I do cry when I'm angry. So then it's like, then I'm, you know, I remember this this is crazy. I remember sitting in a work meeting, like maybe five or six years ago and like trying to hold back tears because I was so mad and someone was like, why are you so sad? Like what am I making? Am I hurting your feelings? I'm like, I'm fucking angry. I'm so (laughs) mad at you right now. (laughs) So yes, point being that does often get confused if your only emotional reaction is to (laughs) cry to something. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but that's such a great example, right? Because if we were in the if the point of view character of that scene was the uh, person who said that to you, right? Like through their eyes, we would be seeing Rachel. Oh, Rachel's so sad right now. Like, what happened, right? And so that's where miscommunications can happen. Yes, right. That's where like you can do some really cool stuff on the page with that. Um, but you need to under you need to both understand how the characters around you are expressing their emotions and show the reader that so that they don't make any wrong assumptions, right? Because if you just say Rachel is it- Rachel was angry right they might picture rachel being like red faced and yelling, up but actually rachel's like crying on the face right (laughs) yeah not to pick on you but (laughs) no I've, i've
0: i when i stopped fighting it it like became something i could for a long time i was uh ashamed anyway Ashamed of that. I feel like a lot (laughs) of women
1: have this experience.
0: (laughs) That's exactly it. Because also in that same meeting, like those would get turned around and be like, oh, well, women are more emotional. Uh, And I would be like, I am no more emotional because the men in this office scream in meetings. I just cry. So like we are the same emotions. We're just (laughs) expressing it differently. So don't be coming at me with that. Anyway, it took me a long time to reach where I am now. I don't mind.
1: Thank you for illustrating this so beautifully.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so how do we do this? <laughs> okay, so this is um, this is one that remember earlier when I was saying it's something you get better at the more you do it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: this definitely lives in that zone. Um, I'm going to give you some examples. So you have on here, I got angry. So what I would do is if, if you were going to write, I got angry. I ask my character, like, what does angry feel like? Mm. And then that helps me be like, okay, it feels like cheeks burning. It feels like shoulders tensing, you know, like, and then mm-hmm. I put in some of that and then be like, okay, what does it look like? And then we mm-hmm. get into the action beat of like, I lurch to my feet, sham- hands shaking. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a, a couple different ways that you could really dive into each of these, but I'm usually asking, what is it? What does this emotion feel like? And what does it look like on the body? Mm. Um, and that helps me. I like me, that
1: distinction.
0: Yeah. That helps me bring out these two things.
1: Um, it also I, provides I, like um, variation because I think yeah. like I'm a big heart racing kind of person. Uh, right? I was it's just like, going to say My characters' that, yeah. hearts are always racing or their pulses a, are quickening or their chest, chest tightening. Chest and gasping. <gasps> yes. <Yeah. laughs> lots, of, lots of gasping and <laughs> eyes widening.
0: That's yep. the three uh-huh. things my
1: characters do. I love yep. that. Um, everybody, has, everybody has a, a trio. Um, uh-huh. But I do think like you can, if you think about like, okay, how does this feel inside their skin, right? Pulse racing, chest tightening, flushing, all of those things. But then also, like you said, like what, are they, what can they physically do that shows this emotion like externally, outside, you know, that other people can see um, can mm-hmm. also be super helpful, you know, because they might be like, you can think about what they're doing you know if they're walking then maybe they trip you know or something like that
0: yeah um i also have found that i to get better at this i actually like personally needed more emotional intelligence
1: Mm. because
0: i kind of realized that i didn't know a lot of what feelings felt felt like i don't know if anybody else experiences that but like I would try to describe it and be like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I would go for like anger and I'd be like, it's, it's not, it's like exasperation. But I like couldn't, I needed to really understand my own emotions <laughs> before yeah. I got a lot better at this.
1: I was um, literally just talking to someone about this the other day. A friend of mine um, said the same thing. She was like, I didn't have a lot of emotional intelligence growing up. Like I wasn't taught yeah. what different emotions felt like. And so she's actually reading, and I haven't read it yet, but The Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Mm, I, haven't, um, I haven't read it, but
0: I watched And she thinking. said,
1: I've never read it. So I this is just based on what my friend said. But have my you seen the
0: HBO special? Okay, no, I that haven't. One's really, I've watched the HBO special, and it's really good.
1: Okay. So everybody watch that. Um, but she said the book basically presents as a dictionary of emotions. And she mm-hmm. said it's been really helpful for her to distinguish like what's the difference between jealousy and envy and like all this stuff. And she said it would be like perfect for this kind of an exercise where you're like really yes. trying to dig into the specific emotion and like go understand it. So everybody check that out. Let oh me know if gosh. it's true. It's all hearsay. but um... We should do that. We should do that as a book club book. Ooh, that's a great idea. And we could,
0: like, pick one of the emotions Mm
1: -hmm. that she describes and,
0: like, practice writing. Or, like, a workshop. Yeah, we could do a whole workshop on it.
1: Okay, you guys, this is, okay, so you guys are watching in real time how we come up with stuff for Tenacious Writing members, um, and come join the community, because we come up with the cool workshop shit all the time, Um, Oh this sounds amazing, um, we could even, like, we could even, like, take a picture, or, like, you know, scan one of the emotions and then, like, do a little study group on it, oh my gosh, okay, tangent closed, but if you, (laughs) if you want to, if that sounds fun, come join Tenacious Writing, Yes. Um, okay, (laughs) Anything else for the third third level? Um. Oh, I also
0: like showing. Uh, so you made a note here that I love is using variation in body language to show characterization. Mm. So this is something that I did in um, that I tried really hard to do in my six differing point of views, <laughs> um, because they need to have like unique unique reactions. Yeah. They they everybody reacts differently, like we've talked mm-hmm. about. So. Um, when I'm in those different characters' heads, like I have one character who um shuts down emotions but like responds very cutting like is just mm. always trying to like lash out like tongue response. And so mm-hmm. in his point of views, I often do less like bodily showing.
1: Mm. He
0: will internally feel for sure. yeah he will do less bodily showing, but he has way more dialogue because he's like so quick to.
1: Mm. so
0: quick to like lash out.
1: Um, Love that.
0: Yeah. And then in like in one of my other character's point of views, he says almost nothing. Like he says very few words because he has like a speech impediment. And so he Mm. doesn't like talking, um, but he has, he's very expressive, like emotionally. Um, So I, I've thought about this for each of my different characters and how would they respond and and what are their different personalities. And um, I love your example here because I'm going to read it. Like maybe Padma's angry as she gets aggressive and puts her finger in someone's face. Um, Stephen might just huff and walk out and Maria might, you know, withdraw and like curl her shoulders and tense her jaw. So it would be, it could be a fun exercise if you, um, like said angry and then you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, how does Padma feel it? And then list it. How does, um, Stephen feel it? And then list it. How does Priya feel it? And then list it. And, um, I kind of, I felt that out in my characters, but. I could totally see if if you're really trying to dive into and, and feeling a little lost for each of your different POVs. Yeah. Um, you write out different emotions um and practice or like ask yourself how does each character react to this? Um, last note is I really I found the emotion thesaurus very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um if anybody has seen that hey, uh, Angela Ackerman. Yeah, and Becca Polisi, I think. Um, I can't read the spine. Anyway, um, it's the Emotion Thesaurus. There's a whole set of them, um, but that one was really helpful for me to just when I was really in that. I'm going to repeat shoulders curling, I'm going to repeat heart gasping. Like (laughs) when I was trying to diversify after my first draft, um, I dove into that
1: book and looked up a lot of different options yeah it basically is like here's what someone is feeling and here's how all the different ways they might respond um it's a very helpful um sort of brainstorming book yeah we'll link that in the show notes um cool so showing has multiple layers the three layers are showing the action in a scene showing what things mean to characters and showing emotions without stating them and we are going to dive into these layers in our show don't tell demystified workshop it's gonna be so much fun um this is a pretty robust workshop it's three days two hours each day and it is going to combine a mixture of presentation, question and answer, published work analysis, guided visualizations, and professional feedback from Rachel and I on an excerpt from your own work. Um, so it's going to be just a real deep dive. We're going to nerd out. We're going to have so much fun. Um, and you are going to gain the show skills that are going to help you write gripping prose, right? This is prose, mm-hmm. really, um, is what we're talking yeah. about, y'all. Um, and so that your stories can leap off the page, grab your readers and you know, leave them hanging on. To every them one of your words. Them. Immerse them, hook yes. them. All the we're gonna give you the tangible <laughs> skills to do yes. all the vague things that everyone uh-huh. tells you to do. Um yes. So it is uh, February 25th, March 2nd, and March 3rd from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern. Come live if you can. There will be recordings if you can't. Um, And regardless of whether you come live or not, you will have the opportunity to submit that excerpt to us for our professional feedback. Um, Hmm. And the link is going to be in the show notes notes because I can't remember what it is.
0: (laughs) It's in the show notes. So swipe up right now. Tap it. Um, We have payment plans available. It's $199 with an additional payment plan if you need that. So honestly, like a fantastic deal for the amount of content and workshopping
1: and growth you're going to achieve going through You're going to be an entirely different writer when this workshop is over. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun. You're
0: going to make friends. We're going to have fun. Yes. Um, Okay, cool. So check out the link in the show notes and we will see you there. Awesome. Awesome. If you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list.
1: Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye-bye.